Hello and welcome to the Property Management Show. I'm your host, Alex Osinenko. My day job is the CEO of 4.5, a marketing company that works exclusively with fee-based property management companies. I spent the last seven years of my life helping property management companies become more successful by improving sales, marketing, and operational efficiency. On this show, we'll deconstruct success into its key components and invite subject matter experts to help you improve every facet of your business. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey guys, thank you for uh, joining us for this episode. Today is um, we're taking on an ambitious topic, and I, I, I presume we will have follow-up episodes and episodes and episodes on this topic because it's so important, so vast. But I have a guy here who can um, truly help me kind of conceptualize it and uh, give us uh, and answer some burning questions that I have. And the topic today is. How to systemize your maintenance operations as a competitive advantage and a growth engine for your company, for your property management company. And here with me to demystify this and open uh, a good discussion on the subject is, I think, an expert in this realm. And uh, we'll meet him pretty quickly here. His name is Kurt Flugel. He is the CEO and founder of a company called PM Toolbelt. PM Toolbelt. Hi, Kurt. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Hey, um, great and Kurt. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Hey, uh, yeah. So since it's an ambitious topic, I'd like the audience to get to know you a little bit better. Do you mind running a quick, maybe a, a 30 second introduction of kind of where you are, how you came to be the PM tool belt guy? Sure, sure. I mean, uh, essentially, I, I started in the industry. I'm still in the industry. So I'm property manager. Um, we did flips in the beginning. Well, not flips, but we fixed up properties in the recession. So maintenance was always a big part of it. Um, started to turn that into maintenance being part of a core part of the business. Uh, lost a lot of money doing it. Um, started to figure it out. Tried to, uh, as, as you're discussing, systemize it um, to the point where we really decided we needed some more tools. So that's, um, I'm a software developer by trade. So we started to work on PM Tool Belt. Um, as a software company to help with the tools to be successful doing maintenance. That is pretty exciting background, guys. Get ready. Uh, warm up your uh, your seat and uh, get a cup of coffee or some pause it or something. Because Kurt and I are about to get into this. So, Kurt, hard question right off the gate. Um, well, maybe it's not hard. But, um, I, you know, you've done a pre-interview with my marketing manager need to and you and I've met we've spoken you know briefly here and there about things but but you and I never got into this and one thing that captured my attention right off the bat on the on the pre-interview uh, notes is the fact you said your first year in property management you lost money on maintenance what does that mean yeah well I like to I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur I think I've lost money doing a lot of things right that's uh, you got to learn one way or the other right so um, I, even though I'm a developer, right, we, we just started doing maintenance without necessarily thinking it through, without necessarily having a process or having anything, you're, you know, and you're looking up at the money at the end of the year and you, you realize you would have made more money not having a maintenance company, right? Which I, I think is a position a lot of people have found themselves in, you know, they don't do it because of several reasons, but one is simply, they just don't think it's profitable. Um, which for us between uh, you know losing receipts right not tracking those well enough 
Um, so you realize the amount you spent on parts and the amount you made on parts, right? Wasn't wasn't uh, in the right direction. Um, uh, efficiency, making sure guys are are actually getting work done, um, not spending their day at Home Depot, that sort of thing. But you know, we just we just sort of did it. We went out and fixed things. We provided a good service. Um, people liked us, but we didn't realize we were not tracking well enough, and 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 to be honest, also not charging enough. So. The next year, we, we sort of almost doubled our rates and, and started to figure out everything from there. Mm, got you. So you didn't lose money on property management, but you lost money on this uh, another revenue side to your property management business, which is maintenance. Yeah, but if you do a lot of it, it, it it's going to hurt them both, right? I mean, it was, um, like I said, we did, uh, at the time, our, our property management style, or I should say, again, we started in the recession, so we had a lot of sort of those recession type properties, a lot of high maintenance, older build properties. So there was a lot of maintenance. So it was a it was a very high part of our business. So losing money on that um, certainly drug drug them both down very far. Yeah. Gotcha. I've always admired uh, or at least thought of property management as a great um, let's say getaway drug, but but your core service that you can build almost the suite of services around, right? I mean yeah. Heck, maintenance, you know, rehabbing, doing those things for investors, intentional investors and such, you know, and not to mention selling and, and other portfolio-related services to increase to, to, to increase the lifetime value of the client to, you know, 3 to 4x what you'd get with just a simple property management you know, recurring revenue flow. So when it was very surprised when I dug into this a little bit deeper. I was very surprised by many of my friends telling me this, this statement, and you can, you can take it apart, uh, Kurt and show them um, that they're wrong, or tell them they're right. They said this, Alex, um, you know, running property management maintenance uh, side business is great when you have one or two handymen and you keep them busy. So with a four or 500 unit portfolio, you can support one or two handymen. Anything beyond that, they say it's it's tough to scale, it's impossible to scale, we had to you know go away from that and just do outside vendors. How do you, how do you treat that statement, Kurt? Well, I mean, again, I, I think uh, at the scale you're talking about, it, it's maybe true it's not a side business, right? But it's still a good business. So, um, you know, that, that that's what I'd say. I mean, the uh, anything should scale, right? So same thing with your number of workers, right? You got to systemize it at that point, right? And you, you better have some software for it, um, you know, or some way to track it, I should say, right? But if suddenly you got 10 employees going around with trucks and credit cards and and all of that, right? You, it starts to make a difference if, if again, if they're spending 30% of their time driving versus 60% of their time driving versus uh, getting parts and all that, right? You just, you like same thing. I don't think it's that different than, than property management, right? You you got to be able to really track the details um, to to see where you're doing, right? I mean, everyone's tracking in, in the property management side how much they're making off of everything, be it a, a renewal fee or some sort of fee versus the core business and all that. Um, it's, it's really no difference in the maintenance side, right? I mean, how are you doing on, on both efficiency or, or parts or any of those other things? Um, it's going to scale um, w- with the same things, right? I mean, if you have a property management company of exactly the wrong size where you have to hire, right? It's, it, there's been plenty of talk, right? It's not a straight line. It's a bit of a ladder. Um, so I'd agree there's probably some ladder in there. But the same point, um, there's, there's not a lot of extra... Um, middle, I should say, that has to happen when you have more techs, right? It isn't that different from a management company that suddenly you need um, a whole different infrastructure than you had before. 
um, after all, they take very little office space, right? I, I'd argue that's one of the key advantages of growing on the maintenance side, right? Is the, they take very little space inside your uh, inside your building. Hmm, that's a, that's an interesting one. So so here's a question I I, I need I need an opinion on. Um, so what you you're saying basically, Kurt? Okay, you know it scales, all right. It's just you need to have proper systems in place and dedicate effort to making that uh, uh, set of a side business being a, a, a good uh, complementary business to your property management portfolio. So I get that. But what do you think is the percentage of time as a C- owner, uh, investor, I'm sorry, owner and CEO of a property management company of a thousand, let's say, let's call it a thousand properties. Let's say I manage a thousand properties. I run a property management company. What is the amount of time I need to dedicate to a, a, a well-run maintenance division of my company. I'm not talking about setting it up because I know setting it up will take time. But let's say I have PM tool belt as a service, whatever it is I need to have, the components, the people. How much time should I dedicate as a CEO to oversee that side of operations? Right. Well, as a CEO, I don't. It, it's certainly no more time than, than anything else, right? You're looking at high-level numbers. Right. I mean, the majority of the time, um, well, again, back to, and we'll get there, as far as tools, right, the communication aspect is, is pretty huge, um, and, and anyway, we can do that, but that's not a CEO level. Um, the other part is scheduling, right, and again, there's tools that can help with that. Um, so the rest, the actual overseeing, I mean, I, I, a report's a report, right? You're, you're, it's pretty easy to see, um, look at profitability, either be by property or by, uh, by tech or whatever, right? If you have something to give you those reports, um, you know, from a CEO level, it's it's the same thing. Well, let's say well, let's say owner operator. Let's call it let's call it a CEO. Let's go owner operator. Let's 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 say I, do, I manage a five hundred unit company. I I still do a lot of things myself, right? It's not right. like I'm overseeing everything. I still have to dig in. So if we're doing a maintenance division, I have to create it and I have to at least initially manage it until I can hire somebody or dedicate somebody to manage it. What would be the percentage of my time dedicated to that? You know, the one thing I I always said we. Uh, when we were we were a little under, we were about a 450 unit property, right? And I uh, I'd always joke, and it, it was a bit of a pitch, but also it was because real life we we never had a dedicated person in our maintenance company mm. um, that that our our property manager or usually it was an admin. Um, if I'm being honest, our admin part time while doing their other duties would handle the scheduling, right? And and the key is if, if you got a, the right stuff to do it. Um, you can get away with that, you know. I mean, when you get bigger than that, you're going to want at least one. But no matter what, if you can, if you can get rid of those biggest pain points, right? Of of you know making sure that the work actually got done, right? Probably the biggest one, um, making sure everyone's in that communication loop. Uh, the rest is pretty easy, right? To schedule someone. I mean, again, if you use any any scheduling thing out there, right? You should be able to drag and drop and schedule a work order. Um, so there's not a lot of of tasks left to do it. Um, outside of, you know, maybe your bookkeeper side. So, you know, you got a lot more parts to track uh, would be probably the, the biggest thing. So if you don't have a standalone bookkeeper, um, I, 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 would, I wouldn't be able to argue that there's not a bigger load on, on that side, right? If suddenly you you're, have hundreds of thousands of dollars in parts coming through your company, there's no way to get away from that. But the rest of the positions so of the rest of it um, is, is very minimal at, at a small scale. Mm, very cool. So before we get into the components, I really want to dig in and figure out because I think I think you have a really good grasp on what components take the most of the time. I'm already here in schedule, I'm already here here in tracking inventory, all these things. That's great. Let you and I get into it. But before we go there, one last kind of big picture question. Mm-hmm. So one million dollar. Let's say I, I run a one million dollar property management company. That's what I my revenue is annually, about uh, about a million. That's a combination of commission, you know, lease up fees, what have you. 
what if I have a really well put together maintenance business, how much more revenue would I be pulling with that business? Well, if if you have a good one, I mean, again, back to using our, you know, we we did fifty percent of our revenue last year through maintenance. Ooh, um, all right. Now, <laughs> yeah, again, there's a lot of things that that go into that. I, I can't pretend it, it just is, but we again always we would market ourselves to, you know, we would make choice on a property on two things, right? One, it's gonna be a carefree, easy to manage property, or two, it was gonna make our maintenance company a lot of money, right? And, nice. and we, we sought those out, but that also gave us a whole different what we could go after, right? It's like, okay, well, this one um, is a little older stock, it's gonna have some problems, but every time that phone rings, you know, the other division's gonna make a lot of money. Um, well, that, I, I think that's a great thing. So. Um, again, out of that, it, it literally was um, 50%. And we're a smaller company, but we're around that size you're talking about. So it was it was a significant amount of revenue um, that went through our maintenance company. Awesome, Kurt. The marketer, marketer image just jumps up and down. Guess why? Because now you just doubled your perfect line profile. So instead of going after just those those you know high profitable you know low maintenance you know high you know high rent neighborhood areas which everybody else is going after you're going after some less cared for homes and less let's say bougie neighborhoods that actually have a lot of demand and and the maintenance company makes up for the lack of uh, profitability on or or less profitability on the property management side is that right yeah it's it's for sure it's it's a funny thing over um my personal portfolio, which was part of this, which were a lot of those types of properties, um, I actually moved out over the last year. Not really um, my own fault, because I should know better, but I, I did it anyways. But my my maintenance company is the one that hurt from it, right? It, it, it's it's just a real fact. We've um, people I was used to think I was a little crazy because we would go after um, those sorts of properties, and 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 what you're saying is exactly why. I'm like I can make a you know whatever you're charging for a management fee right a percentage or number whatever that is in, in in your area um the similar reality what you can make off of maintenance if that same property is going to have two issues or, or it's going to have uh difficult turnovers due to the area what it's going to have is suddenly all of that is a profit center um there's there's an awful lot of profit to be made in that Gosh darn it. All right. I hope you guys are pulling up your chairs and, and, and getting the headphones fitted and a little bit better into your ear, into your ears because this is this is this is pretty interesting. So the opportunity size here is, you know, you can make 50 percent of your revenue if, um, you know, if you really put together a, a great, you know, well run maintenance business, 50 percent of that revenue can come from that uh, part of the business. And that's that's an amazing extension to the lifetime customer value because it's all any business, Kurt. You know this, right? Any business comes down to two things: what's your customer acquisition cost, what's your customer lifetime value. That's for it. sure. Yeah, yep. And uh, like you said, the the acquisition costs I would argue are, are a little easier because again, you're in less of a market that maybe wants a higher maintenance property than than some of your peers. So. Um, you know, for ours, we've always had a high skill in those sorts of properties because not a lot, a lot of people want to do them, which means usually if, if I'm making that call, I, I win every time. Um, and to me, there's nothing wrong with that. So. And one more addition to that, I'm, I'm just kind of fishing that out. Most people who would go for these properties are what? They're the noobs, right? They're just newly starting property management companies. They really don't know what they don't know yet. So they're going to go and learn on these properties and, of course, fall, fall face first into the, you know, into the mud, whatever, um, and trip up multiple times. But that's how new companies are born. So these properties, for the most part, are being experimented with 
less experienced manager. So I bet, Kurt, you took away some of these properties from existing management companies quite easily. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I you know, again, back to back to two things. One, you can get away with uh, usually a different management cost. Um, Coming as the expert, and go look. I I know for a fact you're going to struggle with this property because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, the good news is, right, as, as a maintenance company, let me tell you what we've done, and, and as a management company, what we can do. And you literally, I believe it's, it's it can be a win-win because you can manage it better than that guy who's has no idea what he's doing. Um, at the same time, charge a higher rate, but also at the same time, that owner at the end of the year is going to make more money because you're going to bring stability. And, and things of that property that it probably wouldn't have gotten by that new guy. Mm, love it. Win, win, win. So let's let's go and componentize uh, this, uh, the, the, the maintenance company. What is the biggest challenge? So when you were like first year losing money, you just t- take yourself back there. What was the first challenge, Kurt, that, that you felt what, what, under, under pressure to solve? Yeah, well, I mean, the first one, the easiest one, right? Just just tracking of, of some sort, right? Of tracking where guys are, and tracking where parts are and, and, and just that basics. If you if you really have no idea at a given time, right, where um, you just know the size of the credit card bill, but you can't mm-hmm. say where your penny went, um, you're, you're gonna lose money every month. So, I mean, it seems obvious, but it really is just being very firm on that because if you got six maintenance guys running around um, and maintenance guys are maintenance guys, right? They, they don't think that way. They just think that the furnace was out and they had to quick get a blower motor um, they're not thinking about the fact that they were, you know, were supposed to be in a different work order, right? And, and tracking that stuff, um, that's just number one. If, if you can't track it, you're, you're going to have some big problems. Okay. Well, this seems like a big one. Can you break it down a little bit for us and, and give us some tips on, um, I mean, I know you have the tool that does it, the pmtoolbelt.com, by the way, guys, go check it out. That's what Kurt built uh, to solve <laughs> his own problem, and now he's solving many other property management. By the way, Kurt and I are fellow vendors at a bunch of NARPM events. He's been at the PM Grow Summit. Really appreciate his support of our, our own conference. So cool guy. But it looks like, can you give us some tips? Like if people don't use your software, what, how, would you, how would you get into tracking? Right. So, you know, the, the, I mean, tracking where they're at is easy enough, right? There's lots of uh, GPS apps. You can, you know, if it's a company phone, you can make them turn something on or there's vehicle trackers. Um, there's lots of, of um, frankly, cheap to free apps out there to help do some of the basic tracking or time clock tracking. Uh, if you use QuickBooks, right, it's got a time clock app built into it. Because the, the two things, right, the key metric really that, that we're going to get out of this um, if you talk about the the employee tracking, right? Because these are often guys, right, getting paid by the hour, um, and and they're supposed to make a profit, right? So where your property manager long lunch might not be as big of a deal. Um, if if you got a guy that you're counting on making um, eight eight hours a day, you know, X amount, right? It really does matter when you start losing a few hours. So some way to track those guys of of a they're actually at the job they say. Um, and then B, you know, what they're clocking as far as hours to you are accurate, right? Free tools to do that if you need to. But it, it, what it boils down to is that, you know, a simple division, right? You're going to get their efficiency, um, which is probably the biggest metric we use. It's the most simple one, but the most important, right? Which is simply, if someone's working for me 40 hours in a week, how many hours did he actually build to me in his time clock? And how many hours, if we add up every work order that they did, is, is a billable hour towards, um, towards pay, uh, charging back to an owner, right? That's, that's the key. It's a simple metric with simple tools, but it's, it's probably the most important one. If you get that one right, 
you know, in, in every industry is a little different, right? If you bill for drive time or if you bill for going to the parts store, right? Those those business decisions, of course, go a big way into this. And then, then you got to come down to what is that? How often do you have company meetings or, or all that sort of stuff? But for me, I can always pull up a button. I can see and we expect our guys, you know, again, numbers are numbers, but ours is in the 90s of what we expect for efficiency. And as long as they're hitting that, right, you can set up a bonus structure, you can hit up whatever. But that, that to me is the start. If, if you can track efficiency um, of, of just simply those guys are legitimately out there making you money when they're supposed to, um, the, the rest is just details. Gotcha. So, so here's what I'm understanding, and then, and, and then help me out with this. Um, the first metric that people people that are, are building maintenance side of the business should kind of consider and actually do, not kind of consider, but actually implement and track and, and, and employ is the total time available or the total time there are, uh, there are people, there are maintenance guys, gals are working versus the billable time that these guys are actually produced for your organization. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And the way to do that is what, from what I'm hearing from Kurt, the easiest way is to figure out what the time card says, then pull the work orders and see how many hours you actually build for, depending on your fee structure and all that. But once you pull the work orders for one person, you can really tell what's going on. So you, what you're saying is 90% is pretty efficient. In other words, 90% of their hours that you pay for are billable. Yeah. I mean, we've had, uh, for, I mean, we were in the high 90s for a while. Now, we don't do, uh, you know, you got to decide company meetings and, and then keys, right? becomes a funny thing of, of how often they got to come to your office to get it and all that sort of thing. But um, we, we run in the mid to high 90s um, in our office. I, I, I don't know if that structure works for a lot of people, but the simple reality is my maintenance guys in a given day aren't in my office. So, um, you know, we, we set things up pretty well with keys and a master key system. So, you know, uh, they should be billable pretty much all the time. I got you. But so as any other business and like you hear this Facebook and, and Google and one of the biggest differentiators these guys have is what? They constantly run experiments. They're testing everything, every assumption, everything is consistently being tested and uh, the best, uh, you know, the, the results attract and implemented. So, you know, if you guys are not ready to, you know, get a proper tool or, or you know, a tool to manage this stuff, you know, start figuring out how you are, you know, how you can manage those keys to, for access and how you can schedule your guys to be more efficient. Um, and that's that's a good way to kind of start on that realm. Also, I'm sure, Kurt, if they email you, would you be able to kind of give them a piece of advice here and there? Oh, of course, of course. I, I I love this stuff. And then you know, as far as tool, right? You think I mean, this is this is Excel at this point. So you know, uh, you, you use the uh, a free version of Excel if you want to go even cheaper, right? There's plenty of stuff out there, but you don't you literally don't need software to do that. And there, there's just it's it's an easy multiplication problem or division problem, I should say, um, and and a lot of ways to do it. So yeah, that that should be a you know for sure. But I do find when I talk to people, uh, the majority aren't. So it it seems simple, but um, you know, until someone tells you, you're like, oh yeah. So it's yeah. it's a big, yeah. One of those, very good. So Kurt, all right, next. So so first thing we figured out how to track time, um, versus billable time. So that's a good metric. What's the next element that you recommend people start looking at? Right. So I mean, on the financial, that's gonna be the big one, right? I mean, you need some way to track credit cards, but that's um, accounting, you know, whatever whatever you use for that. But it it is just a simple one. If you're not doing it, you're gonna lose money. Um, the the other one that that to me really matters that that's more specific to this um, is is communication. Um, the the biggest 
And this comes down to me to more your property management company, or at least as much as anything, right? The generally, especially in the, in the single family realm, um, if, if someone's leaving you a bad review or someone's leaving not liking you or, or bad service or even an owner that's angry, there's usually two, two times, right, in the life of it that that happens. And, and one, of course, is the move out and the move out disposition, um, which inspections and we, we could get to there. I mean, help help with that part. And the other part is usually maintenance, right? A, a tenant is typically happy with you until for some reason they don't feel you did what you were supposed to do when something broke. Right. To them, I paid my rent for, you know, a year and a half straight. And then when something went wrong, I didn't hear from anyone. Right. That's mm. that's that's a, a typical bad review we get out there. Right. So it's it's an odd metric, but some way to make sure and to track and, and to make sure that, that you're providing that level of service affects both of your companies. Um, and, and you just need to make sure and track literally use some system to track that communication that you know, the, the owner was indeed no, and the tenant knew we were coming. And um, better yet, the tenant, even though we, you know, it was just a broken blind and we weren't going to get there for, for a week and a half, but we let them know that, that we heard you, we're, we're blah, you know, we're, we're keeping you in, in sort of in step along the way. So you always feel like there's some touch going on in, in, in something and some level of service. Um, if you can find a good way to track that sort of communication, um, Again, your, your, your service goes up, and of course, when your service goes up, every, everything goes with it. Yeah, customer experience, man. This is, and again, in this industry, we are definitely seeing the industry um, be growing significantly and, and coming into the prominence. I mean, look at the Australians. I mean, you've been yeah. to PM Grow. I mean, these guys got it down to science, um, and we here dabbling in property management. So, and I'm really, really glad to see all these smart entrepreneurs and people like yourself that get into the industry and actually help help move the needle. Uh, and in your case, quite significantly with this uh, with this uh, maintenance uh, extension to the business. But but so one thing I you know we we, we have a service uh, with and, and you're familiar with this. I think your, your property management signed up for it is with managed um, we call it managed reputation. It's through reputation.com where we survey. On our, for our customers, we survey all of their tenants and owners upon a touch, right? right. So when a touch occurs, whether it's move in, move out, new tenant placed, um, you know, so on and so forth. So, so you know, it's a great way. It's the best way to get review, but also keep a pulse of your customer experience on your business. We don't do this. Well, property managers don't do this enough. They you know, kind of just set it and forget it kind of a thing. But when you have um, a tool that tracks your communication, but also you know, provides your business with public review opportunity upon a touch and a private review opportunity upon an unhappy customer uh, occurrence where you can have a chance to fix it. That is tremendous, as you say, uh, uh, competitive advantage. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, we, uh, our own company, you know, through, through our system, we, we have basic surveys, but the, where it gets better is what you're talking about, right? If, if getting the good ones out in the public and uh, the bad ones to the right people to fix it. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? I, I talk to my people all the time um, for either company, right? If, if, if you're out there reacting to something, right, you're spending all your time because an owner's mad or a tenant mad or all that, right? To me, that's, that's all lost time where if, if you would have been tracking it and doing all the stuff on the front end or looking at those surveys and all of it, you know, you could have gotten it before it was a big problem. Um, and, and the only way to do that is to be out there communicating 
Um, and the more you can automate that through through uh, you know the managing a reputation type stuff, um, the the better it's going to be. Um, and and you can do more of it, and it's frankly more affordable. So yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. Got you, Kurt. I, I think this is a good. Uh, I really want to understand. Does your tool? Because I know nothing about PM Tool Belt except you know what it says on the website. But does your sure. tool actually uh, facilitate communication? Yeah, yeah, that was actually. I mean, again, obviously, we, we wrote it towards uh, um, uh, selfishly at first, right? But all all the problems that we started to see. So the first part it was ever for was exactly that was just to uh, um, automate sort of uh, two direction text and email and, and everything else. So to the ability to let a, an owner know, hey, this is what's going on. The ability to tell a tenant this is what's going on. To tell a vendor to tell. Uh, your property manager, your maintenance manager, depending on your company size and scale, but to, to sort of automate that workflow. Um, again, it was, it was mostly, I'm not going to, you know, work from a, a standpoint of ours, it, you know, justifies the price and the fact that, frankly, you're going to have um, at least a half of employee or, or more, depending on your size, less, you know, just calling the phone to ask a vendor, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Right. You're going to automatically know the second it happens, you can let your, your, your owner know and you can send out uh, automatic surveys and all that. But yeah, facilitating and automating that communication was was sort of one of the, the cornerstones of the entire suite. So really cool, really cool. So what so we talked about the uh, the key metrics being time and also communication. You met you said financials while well, you have to watch, you know, if you're making money or losing money. Are there any other kind of metrics to help bring the efficiency and the profitability up for the maintenance side? Well, the to me, you know, the others are when you, you really get into it, and that that is uh, your your efficiency is only as well as as you can schedule it, right? So depending on uh, um, how many techs you have, right? If you have one tech and they're just doing whatever comes in, is one thing. But as you get bigger, and when you talked about companies struggling when they're up to you know twenty techs or something like that, right? That that's where it really starts to matter of you know what uh, being able to uh, uh, actually dispatch people based on priority, right? To say what's most important, what's past due, or better yet, what's within um, 10 minutes of this property, right? So I wanna make sure that if, if I got a tech in this area, he's getting everything done in that area, right? Because depending on your, your location, but you know, here in Minnesota where we're from, we end up with pretty wide markets, right? I mean, I have, I have uh, places that are, I don't even wanna know from, from longest to furthest, but it's well over 60 miles. Wow. Um, which is fine and doable as long as uh, you're you're not trying to send someone 60 miles a day, right? Um, so it's 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 less of a metric, but an efficiency that I I think it's harder the larger you are, right? You talked in the beginning about issues with scaling. Um, to me, if you can't create a good schedule, right? There's a the good UPS article that's out there of why UPS drivers never turn uh, turn right, right? The uh, Turn left, sorry, got it wrong. Um, why they never turn left, right? That they, they use dispatch software so so articulate and accurate of building a good schedule. And they, they've saved tons of money of doing it by making sure they don't have to take a right turn into a traffic light, right? The, uh, um, well, I don't know that any of us have a tool that, that big, but the idea if you can, you know what I mean, create an accurate schedule so they're not at a parts store all day or they're not driving all day. So we, we keep a metric of drive time um, is, is the other one is what I'm getting at that you want to know how much time are they actually working versus in a car or in a store. Um, it's another, was a startling statistic when I found out, you know, when you, you look at their eight hour day and you see they only work for three hours of it. Um, and you're like, this, this probably isn't the best, um, of way of doing it. And how can we fix that? So that, that to me is another big one. Mm, gotcha. So, all right. So we have 
we have kind of identified the opportunity size here, which could be 50% of your revenue. That is significant. Uh, there's definitely room for profitability in this in this uh, um, business. Uh, the key metrics is time, you know, communication, and you know, drive time, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Or you know, just 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 scheduling. Um, and you know, now, now let's get to. I, I want to ask you a couple more, like building business building specific questions. Um, do you do maintenance? Do you recommend uh, c- property management companies who own maintenance divisions to do maintenance for other companies to open up their services to other companies or just service your own? Yeah, so that's, that's an interesting one for us because uh, that uh, um, last year for us was the first year we split our maintenance company off into its own maintenance company um, with that idea. Um, and and for me, I, I love it, right? It's back to, um, I mean, as you saw, my philosophy, I think you make lots of money off maintenance. It's always been a key part of ours. So why why wouldn't we, uh, you know, want to want to do it for others? And, and you know, if other companies don't think they can make money off of it, we'll we'll make the money off of it for you. Right. I mean, <laughs> I love um, it. <laughs> I, I think it just boils down to it's 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 a pretty low, low hanging fruit, really. I mean, outside of you have to have the ability to attract other companies and, and, and they at least have to trust your reputation enough to know that you're not you know, trying to compete in any other way, right? So as long as you got a good arm's length, um, the rest, you already have everything, right? So the the startup cost is around nothing. Um, so it just, to me, made sense to do it. Um, our our one-year experiment so far has been great. Um, it is certainly, um, you know, I told you that due to changes in our portfolio, um, we have less high-risk properties, which caused the revenue drop. Well, we made up for it by doing work for, for several other management companies, um, including stuff out of our industry. We've been working in the multi-housing, um, you know, anywhere we're needed that, that still makes sense with the same skills as a maintenance company. Um, we're, we're out there doing work. Um, I got guys that work 40 hours a week for another person's company, um, but through our makeup, our markup, sorry. I mean, you, you can't beat that for a revenue stream. I mean, that's, that's pretty easy. Mm, no doubt. And getting customers, uh, local customers, I would think is no harder than attending NARPA meetings, making some friends locally and having a couple, couple of the people trust you first and then pass on recomm- recommendations because everybody needs a qualified tech and vendor, don't they? I mean, that's kind of your <laughs> competitive yeah. advantage. Yeah. Who's not always looking for that, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the simple reality. You know, if you've spent the time and effort to get good techs on your side, you know, that that's going to sell it. Right. And, uh, yeah, I can say for us, we've, we don't outside of Facebook and, and, and Twitter and basic stuff, we don't advertise that company. Um, and we've been able to, uh, to, to grow the outside business and, and keep people busy. So it's, uh, worked pretty easy from the fact that, like you said, the demand is already there. What gift, Kurt, what Kurt. gift? You don't need any marketing. It just grows. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, and, and, I like it. Yeah. And speaking of good techs, how do you hire good ones? Yeah, there, there's there's the hardest part, right? Uh, hopefully not a lot of techs listening to this, uh, depending on how we talk. But, um, you know, I'd actually learned from someone at a NARPUM event actually up here who said, we simply never close our job posting for techs. He's like, just never. It, it runs year round. Um, and that's what they do. And so we actually tried that after that. Um, and it is interesting because if, if, if I needed a tech tomorrow, could I quickly find a, a qualified tech? And, and I would argue, no, that it's at least in our market, in our part of the, the country, there, there is a lot more demand for good techs than there is supply. Um, so it's, it's, it's tricky. Um, and, and that's, that's what it comes down to. 
Um, as far as qualifying the tech, of course, your first one's the hardest, right? If it's not what you do. Um, I cheated because the first tech was actually an owner in the company, right? My brother was a general contractor. So um, we had that that advantage from day one. But after that, right, you, you like any other skill, right? You, you start to know who to look for. Um, you know, depending on your market, there might be like we actually have uh, community colleges that train up techs and stuff like that now um, because of the need um, in our market. But the best thing I'd say is um, just I love that advice. It's worked great for us to just always keep the post opening. Um, the reality is it's I, I've had techs work five, six years for me, but that's that's rare. Right. It's it's a little more of a, um, a transient type job. So you just got to always be looking for the next great tech. Mm, gotcha. All right. Well, this is this was uh, very, very good. Uh, one last question I'm going to hit you with, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I'm uh Wondering, so let's say I'm starting a property management company, Kurt, and um, at what point in my growth do I begin to channel my some of my energy and you know to start a property management division? Yeah, I actually that's a, that's a great one, and uh, like any good property management, I'll answer with it depends, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and the reality is it does, right? So what? More than your size, right? Because the, the the type of properties and everything else you do is going to make a huge change in that, right? The, the if you got new housing stock, right, you probably outside of turns do very little, right? Uh, where if you have older stock, if you're in a major metro area downtownish, right, you got you got all sorts of problems all the time. So that I think the number changes based on that. Um, with that said, the the people that we see that that are doing it on their own, you know, they they start at 200, which is in the small. Um, and, and then 400, much more common. Um, and then, of course, everything above that, you know, with five to a thousand to uh, a couple thousand, which I guess is, is about the size we, we've been, been working with, are all, um, it's been interesting for me, I, as, as sort of a side note, of watching um, our, our customers and just watching how many of them came to us to utilize our, our, our systems to work with their management company but by the time they even launched with us, they'd created their own maintenance company. Uh, we have a running joke around here of how often we have to change the name in our system before they even launch. Hmm. Um, but they see the light. And again, that's um, so where you can make money depends. I, I made a lot of money at 200 properties because they were the type of properties, I guess. At, at 400, I think just about everyone can start to support it. And then, of course, once once you're at the 600 plus, I, I think everyone easily could. Hmm. Well, great, Kurt. Uh, stick around after this call uh, when we end recording. I want to chat with you a little bit. But for you guys, sure. it, you know, you know, uh, I, you know, PM Grow. I'm uh, sorry, sorry, PM Grow. PMToolbelt.com. Oh, PM Grow. Yeah, yeah. PM, PM, PMToolbelt.com. Go check it out. Uh, you know, clearly now you know Kurt is a smart guy and he knows his shtick. Um, and so you know, reach out to him if you have any questions. Um, you know, it's it's a great opportunity, and when we're talking about fifty percent of your revenue, so it's effectively doubling your <laughs> property management recurring revenue um, by doing maintenance. Yeah, it, it could. Yeah, it's going to take some work, but man, that's the opportunity size here is huge. So those of you that are doing it, great. Look into pmtoolbelt.com. Those of you not doing it, great. Look at pmtoolbelt.com. <laughs> and and Kurt and I uh, wish you all the best. And uh, you know, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone.